Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, Senior Pastor David Schmaltz. Amen. Well, I, if you haven't had a chance to be a part of Expand, well, you haven't missed it. Today, we're actually concluding, and we're really so, you know, so much in the midst of it. And I uh, would like to welcome Tom Johnson in the house this morning. He's with us. Tom Johnson, our uh, founder uh, here at EWCVCC, and uh, we're so grateful. As you know, we're celebrating 30 years and of ministry, and we're excited as we launch into the next 30 and uh, at least the next decade as far as what God has given us. So I uh, just want to make a couple of uh, real house, you know, uh, house announcements here. First of all, hope you've had a, a chance to get a hold of that brochure. If you haven't got a copy of it, please have one in hand. And also the, uh, the ATK or the expand envelope that uh, we're going to be using here in just a little bit. But I want to start this morning reading out of Isaiah 54. And uh, at the beginning there, and starting in, I believe, verse 2. And if you can follow along, I believe we'll have it up there. But let's read it together here as you follow along. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your, ter- uh, your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the approach, uh, I'm sorry, the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. That's a very powerful section of Scripture, isn't it? I want to take a moment to just break that down for us this morning and how it applies to expand. Again, as you've heard all throughout this week, that God has a fresh vision for us in moving forward and how at times when we have been at it, when we've been working hard, when we've been really focusing, and it depends on the season of your life. There are times when we just feel like, you know, I'm, I'm overwhelmed, I'm burdened, or I'm tired. And it's easy for us to just kind of shrink back. And, and Paul saw that coming, and he warned the church. He said, look, don't shrink back. Regardless of what has come your way, you know what? This walk is a battle. It is a war. And, it's, and we're not the only ones who have experienced struggle, wounding, even casualties in this war. We see the children of Israel, people, the apple of God's eye, you know, get distracted come into times of discouragement. And yet God, in this prophecy right here, is encouraging them to keep pushing forward, to tap into the promise that God had given them. And I want to apply that to us this morning. Here at Valley, our heart is to do the heart of God. Every day, I have to remind myself, Dave, this is about him. This is, this is who you serve. And, it, and I can't listen to the, voice of, uh, the voices of other people. I can't, I can't get myself caught up in popular culture. I can't get caught up in all the things, but I've got to keep my eyes and my focus on God. And there are times he asks us to do things that are hard. Have you found that to be true? Sometimes it, it's going to be difficult because it cuts across the things of our flesh and what we, don't, what we want. People of God, we all understand this. 
And so God, when we come to him, when we come to God and we ask him, Lord, what is on your heart? This is the word we get. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. He says, stretch your, ter- your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. God is saying, look, this is not a time to shrink back. This is not a time for us to think, you know what, maybe I should shrink the tent. Maybe we should sell the building and do something else. Maybe, you know, it, because sometimes we get so discouraged by what we see that's happening in, in the news and And it just, at times, it always seems like all we hear about is how the enemy and his ways are advancing. You know, Elijah saw the same thing when he he fled the threats of Jezebel. He ended up in a cave, and God said, what are you doing here? He'd reserved people for himself. He said, look, I've got a plan. I've always got a plan. And God's got a plan for us, too. Always has got a plan for us. It says, look, so in preparation, enlarge your tent. Stretch your, those, those curtains wide. Don't hold back. Lengthen the cords in preparation. People could walk by and say, why are you lengthening those cords? Why are you making the tent bigger? Because we're listening to God. Because we're waiting for God. You know, when we think of harvests, a farmer, if he, I mean, if a harvest comes upon, upon a, a, a farmer in surprise, he's not much of a farmer, is he? <laughs> if he's like, whoa, man, what's going on out in that field? Why is everything turning white? You know, we were driving down the highway yesterday, and, uh, you know, Andrew's looking at the, at, out the window. He says, Dad, what is that out there? It's cotton, and it's about ready to harvest. But if you just leave it out there, you know, that's not being smart, is it? So there is a harvest, and God tells us that the closer to his return, the harvest is going to become more evident. It's going to become more evident, and it's going to become a, a lot more urgent for God's people be, to be ready to bring it in. And that's what I think God is saying. God is telling me, David, prepare for the harvest. Be ready. Strengthening the stakes. I like that too. That means take those stakes, pound them deeper. It reminds me when I used to go camping, you know? You'd go one night and the wind would have, and you'd move around the tent, you'd bump it, and the wind would move it around. You'd have to go around and and pull that knot a little tighter, drive those stakes a little deeper. Exactly what we do. We may have been buffeted by the world. We may have been buffeted by struggle and strain and, and trying to continue to stand in the, in the ways of God in the midst of this world. And God says, look, don't pull up stakes. Drive them deeper. Now, look, I want you to see this for our local church, but I want to see this for your own life as well. You need to personalize this thing. God is saying it's time to in, enlarge the place of your tent. Because see, God's promises are amazing that way. They have a rippling effect. God speaks to the church as a whole, but it all, always has that prophetic, specific application to our own lives. When you become a part of Valley Community Church, this is for you. This is for all of us. Now, I love these promises. It says, for you are going to spread out, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations. That's speaking to us to say, look, I'm going to bless you so much that you're going to spread out, that you're going to increase rather than decrease. He says, do not be afraid. You'll not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You know, that's the first thing that often comes up in our heart when we think about increasing in God, when we think about moving forward, especially if we've gone through some difficult times. Maybe you've, you've, you've tried some things of God and you've fallen flat on your face. We've all done that. But God says, don't give up. My ways are real. Matter of fact, you don't see the work that I've already done inside you. If you've come away with 
some hu- uh, humility, and that's very, very good. But God says, look, I'm never going to let you be put to shame. He says, do not fear that disgrace. You will not be humiliated. Yes, we might have humility, which always translates into more grace from God. But never will God leave us alone, humiliate us. But see what happens when we think about increasing, when we think about you know, changing our lives or making changes to live more kingdom. And that's really what we're talking about here because we're going to give you a chance to do that today. To help us strengthen the tent, widen the tent, prepare for the, the harvest. It's going to be at times a fearful thing. I see families doing that all the time. I also see families withdrawing their time, their energies. They, they, they slip into the shadow because it's like, look, if nobody sees me, look, nobody here at Valley is going to point that out. But I have to remind you that God does see. God wants so much more for you. If you are experiencing fear, shame, disgrace, and humiliation, it's likely because You haven't been following the ways of God. And God says, look, let's put this all behind us. Let's move on. Let's increase because that's when the joy, man, when the harvest is going on and you're bringing it in, that's when, man, everybody's excited and laughing and, and they've got dust all over them and you've worked hard all day and nobody thinks about the hard work, the 12, 15 hour days that you put in because the harvest, what it feels like, it's an awesome thing. You know, some of us can't imagine God use us, using us in some redemptive way. There is still far too much shame that we deal with as a people, and sometimes even as a church. But God says, look, I am the God of new beginnings. And that's the wonderful thing about the kingdom of God. Don't you love it? We talk about those mercies being new every morning. I don't know what you've tried in the last decade. I don't know what you've been up to in the last decade. But God says, I've got a new decade that's coming. And I'm saying, look, if you say yes to me, I've got some wonderful, exciting things for you planned. Verse 5, it says, for your maker is your husband. I love this. Because here, here is, you know, just that, that personal coming alongside us, whispering into our ear. Is, you know, he's our maker and he's our husband. You know, I don't understand what it is to, to have a husband, thank God, but I know what it is to be a husband. <laughs> I probably should just move on from that one. But anyway, uh, but I certainly know what it is to be a husband. And I know what it takes. And I'm not the perfect one, that's for sure. But I know it takes gentleness. Being a big lug, it takes sensitivity. It takes an, an ability to just stand back and take things in. And that's what God does with us. God stands back. And he looks at our lives. He examines every aspect of our life, life. And he's got the most hope for us. He's the perfect husband, if, if you will. And in that sense, he'll never give up on us. And in that sense, he's always going to open the door. He's always going to lay down his life so that we can walk across the puddle. He's always going to whisper into our ear and tell us, look, I am for you. I love you. What do you need today? Isn't that good? He's our husband. The, old, the Lord Almighty is his name. I love that. That means he's, he's the, the greatest husband there is. 
The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. We've learned that of late, that what Redeemer is. That's a very powerful word. What it means is that which was cast off now has its original purpose restored. I mean, I'd love to see things that we throw away redeemed. You know you're going to throw away a refrigerator when you love that to just God touch it and it's like brand new? That's being redeemed. Then when we come to God, God says, I'm your redeemer. I'm going to take you back to my original intent for you. You know, and the world just breaks us down and, and our, the, the battle between us and the choices sometimes that we make, it just wears us down. And God says, look, I'm your redeemer. I want to redeem that. I want to redeem. I want to, I want to make you a kingdom pers- purpose. A king, I'm sorry, a kingdom person with that kingdom purpose. That's what he desires. And it'll always flow through that. And then he says, he's God of all the earth. So nothing is holding us back my friends, from expanding it in our lives. And I know, I mean, I, in the different seasons of our life, you know, that we can see that we have different challenges. You know, as a young person, you, you get your whole life ahead of you. A lot of the things that challenge young people is nobody takes me seriously. I don't know. I'm, I'm confused about my future. I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is I'm looking at all these adults that just seem like they're clueless in, in the world, and you're just kind of walking around. And you got hope, but you're not sure what kind of a world is going to be handed to you. I understand. We've all been there. But there is a special opportunity, if you're a young young person in this room right now, there's a special opportunity for you that if you give your life to God right now, oh my gosh, what kind of a life does God have prepared for you? It's beyond awesome. Other seasons that come as maybe a college student or a young married person, we're, we're so hopeful about life and we find that, that love of our life, our sun, moon, shining star that come into our life with all that wonderful hope and we, and we want to we wanna go ahead and start building our home, we want to start making a life, start raising some children, there's a lot of hope and excitement surrounding that and, and yet what often happens is that what comes upon you is this, this urgency to say, you know, I got it here, God. And once again, again, God says, look, if you'll build your family, if you'll build your life on that solid rock, Jesus tried to communicate that to him. He said, look, so many of you are building your lives on the sand. But if you'll build it on the solid rock, it'll never be shaken. You build it on him, the winds of struggle, a marriage that begins to wane, financial difficulty, Something you never knew was going to happen. A sickness, a struggle, something in your family, a, you know, something in our economy. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know when the wave is going to come. A tsunami out of nowhere. And God says, if you've built your life on me, you are not going to be moved. You might have less. There might be a little grieving for a moment or a time. Man, when I saw that oak tree come straight down my driveway and wipe, wipe out three different vehicles, believe me, I thought, No, that stinks. (laughs) Knowing the one who drives the wind and the waves, I thought, okay, well then I have an opportunity. I could choose to shake my fist at God, but I know God too well. And that's that's silly, that's foolishness. I looked at that and said, (laughs) okay. You got something really creative planned, don't you, Lord? All right. So, turning turning a corner here and expand what we've been doing is talking about our local church and how we're going to expand and what we're going to do. But it's going to take 
a church. It's going to take a people who desire that. And we're giving you the opportunity. We're, we're gathering, you know, as God spoke to me, I'm now speaking to you. Looking at our current circumstances, we uh, had about a 400 and still have about a $430,000 debt building an extra land that we purchased. And when I first came here, it was a 30-year mortgage, you know, paying at a certain rate. And we just sat, sat down as an eldership and we began to just say, look, you know what? God's got more for us. God's got more. And so we began to pray and seek God about how we could, you know, remove that and do what we had. Because we felt like what we had been given here is wonderful. We have everything we need here to do what God has called us to do. Amen, Tom. And so we just said, okay, God, we're going to believe big here. And I'm happy to announce that after 10 years of being good stewards and doing what we could and putting it aside what we could, we, we've been able to whittle this thing down to only seven more years. We've refinanced this thing, and if we can gather and save over the next seven years, we can have this thing completely paid off. And I think that is awesome. And now we're praying for it even sooner than that. I mean, we'd love to see. Matter of fact, I think the way things work is that we, we're kind of, uh, we can't pay it off too soon. So we've got to wait that period of time. But once we get past that restriction, man, it's game on. Because then we're going to free up a lot of money continuing to be poured into the kingdom of God. And that's the heart of God. And we're excited about that. So that's part of what we're doing. I mentioned that right off the bat because it's on there. It doesn't seem very spiritual. It doesn't seem like, you know, something that you would, you know, preach from the pulpit. But you know what? I think that's a very exciting thing. And the reason why I mention it first it's because when I sat in that meeting of elders and they were all determined, and this was a, a, a meeting, a spiritual meeting where we're just saying, you know what? God is going to be pleased by this. That every step we take to honor God with our finances and to do something to say, look, we know what the scripture says. Oh, no, man, anything but the continuing debt to love one another. We just said, you know, we're going after that. And we believe that God is pleased. So I put that at the front to just say, because then everything thereafter, I think God is going to bless because he knows our heart. We're, we're committed to expanding, and now we need you to help us. You know, this faith commitment offering we've been talking about, and if you've been a part of Valley, you know what, what that's all about, because over the last seven years, what we've done is we've gathered, gathered together in the very same way, and we've gathered thousands, several hundred thousand dollars to give to missionaries to give to local ministries, regional ministries. We've planted churches here in the United States as well as overseas. We have sent teachers. We've sent Tom, among others, to various nations so that he could go in there and help local churches. I mean, folks, what we have been able to do over the last seven years is just phenomenal. You know, what, you know somebody say, well, what good comes out of Roanoke Rapids? I'm telling you. An amazing amount of stuff is happening. I mean, I should, have, I should bring it all up there and just let it just kind of go down, the things that we've done. Been able to get behind the Pregnancy Support Center, helping save hundreds of babies. That's big stuff in God's eyes, by the way. Who will stand up for the little ones? Well, we did. We did. We've been able to do some amazing things. So God spoke to me. He said, David, it's time to take just a little break. It's time to expand the tent. It's time to prepare to do more. So we took a breath, and this year we said, look, we're going to focus on this. And we've got on the backboards 
uh, back there on the tables what we're wanting to do. As I said, it's not uh, nearly as exciting as it would be to you know, send thousands of dollars to starving children in a, in a nation like Haiti or the Sudan or uh, other places. But that's coming. <laughs> that's coming. Because we've done it before, and we're going to get right back to doing it again. Only this time, our tent's going to be a little bigger. We're going to be more efficient. We're going to be moving. We're going to be prepared. Not only to gather the harvest here, but to be a part of the harvest to dispossess those nations with believers. Man, I'm excited about that. So we need you on board. We need you to rise up and say yes. Now, some of you, you know, we, we got that presentation from Les uh, yesterday at the men's breakfast, and I know some guys are excited about being a part of that, or going to be with Brian down in Vanuatu, or going to Ireland and helping the local churches build there. We're going to do that. But also, we need people to rise up here. We need people in our cafe. By the way, we're going to be using coffee in there that for every sip you drink, and we're going to put it up on a big sign, but for every sip you drink, that provides 300 cups of clean water for children in, uh, in Uganda. Isn't that awesome? I mean, talk about, you know, they talk about Tom's and, you know, wearing the shoes and what it does. Man, you, when you drink, every, t- every drink you take of this coffee here, man, it's doing something powerful. Now, that's not an excuse to drink gallons of coffee, but you hear what I'm saying. I mean, go for it if you want to, but, you know, when we visit you on the fourth floor. No, anyway. um, (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to OD on caffeine. You can. I'm telling you. Not that I've experienced it, but I have definitely seen it. All right. It's a prayerful decision, this faith commitment offering, okay? Okay. It's not likely the money that you currently have in your hand, okay? That's why we call it a faith commitment offering. And sometimes I think people misunderstand that. They think, well, gosh, I don't have a lot of right money right now. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about the money that you have in your pocket. We're talking about the money that you're asking God to give you over the next year, purposefully for, these, for the expanding the tent. And what's amazing, now that's being the way, I think that's living the way God wants us to live. In other words, to live proactively, to think and to say, God, what do you want to do with me over the next year? And so you decide an amount in your heart. Now, don't be ridiculous and say, yeah, Lord, I'm going to win the lottery. I'm going to get a million. I'm going to give most of it to you. Don't do that. That's being silly. I'm serious. I was trying to buy milk yesterday, and there was three or four people in front of me scratching those cards. I just want to say, man, take the money. I mean, I want to stop them and pull a little box up and say, look, if you just take that money you're spending weekly, put it in a mutual fund, you're going to get your reward. That I promise you. You'll get your treasure. And not as big as what you think, but it's guaranteed. Anyway. But you decide an amount in your heart, something that's within your, 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 your faith. And you put that, and you, and you listen to God, and you say, okay, God, that's what I feel like that I can do over this next year. And then watch God provide it. Because once you get, a, get an agreement with God, once you kind of decide it in your heart, and you've got that, I'm, I promise you, God is going to give it to you. And you can start giving it. You can start putting it aside. And how's it going to come? It's going to come in all different kinds of ways. There might be some creative things that you do. I've known businessmen who've said, look, I'm going to do this. And so I'm going to do one extra job every month. And that job that I do is going to be completely dedicated toward that, that uh, faith commitment offering. And you know what's happened? 
almost every single time when, when people make that kind of decision to do that, when they give it away, God gives it back. It's like they gave that job to God, and before that job was even done, they got another job. Watch God do it. I'm telling you. He who lends to the Lord, or to the, uh, to, uh, wait, no, he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord. I was sharing that with somebody recently. I said, you know what? That is the absolute greatest financial thing a person can do on the planet is to involve yourself in kingdom things. God, God says, look, my interest is way off the chart. And God, because God will give it back. So we have some list of projects. We have things that are going on that I want to just mention real quickly. On each of the tables, there is what we call a vision sheet, okay? That vision sheet describes in detail why we're doing what we're doing, okay? And some of these things are very practical. We want to put carpeting in, but it, there's a reason for that. We want to do this child care center, and we want to be able to reach children in our community. I shared this on Wednesday night and have shared it before, that one of the things that I was overwhelmed by in, here in this community is, is often there's a culture that continues to perpetuate itself. And to the church, sometimes as pastors, we feel so helpless as to know how to inject truth into that, to try to interrupt and, and to teach parents to raise up their children in the fear of the Lord. You know, teach them the ways of God, and when they grow old, they will not depart from it. So I'm going to continue to teach parents to do that, but why not help by coming alongside these children? You know, most people come to Christ before the age of 21. And more often than not, as children, that when you inject the fear and the love of God into a small child that carries with him. I was talking with a young man recently who grew up in this community. He got into a lot of trouble. He came to church recently. I looked at him and I said, I know this kid. I've seen him. A lot of us saw him in the newspaper for nefarious reasons. Saw him here. And we found out what his testimony is, that God, as a, as a young man, he had accepted Christ. But he ran from God, ran, 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 finally ran out of steam, but he knew he, who he could come back to. And that's because those truths were laid into their heart. We're going to be a part of that. We're going to have a child care center where we're going to minister to small children and, and help them. Of course, you know, people have asked this. Is it going to, yes, it's going to be a preschool. But they're not just going to learn about drawing lines and circles in red, blue, and green. They're going to learn about who Jesus is. And nobody can stop us from doing that. Now, they try to stop us out there, don't they, in the public sector? But hey, here, man, we can tell them anything we want. Now, look, if they can have a jihadi terrorist training camp here in North Carolina or in 30 or 40 places throughout the nation, surely we can have a child care center where we teach people to love rather than to kill. All right? You want to change your culture, you start with the children. In every awesome leader as well as every despot has known that truth we want to as well and as the children kind of graduate out of that we want to have a pioneer club we're really excited about that you've, you've heard of awana well pioneer club is is the same it's a similar kind of thing that's really for the churches like ours and it's a natural progression to raising children or the next generation and to have them fully immersed in the word of god the the, the sad fact is the major reason why our cu culture is suffering the way it is is because of the lack of the understanding 
of the Word of God. Is that not true, Tom? Back in the Sunday school movement, whole generations of children were growing up with the Word of God well-placed in their heart. What a wonderful strategy. And so even though a lot of them were going there to get the sucker or a piece of gum, they still walked out having memorized about 30 verses, critical ones. Matter of fact, a whole generation of people laying in their beds, can compl- you know, dying, completely recite, can recite Psalm 23. Why? Because it was taught to them as children, and they remembered it all their lives. So with the Pioneer Club, what we want to do is we want to get, get children in here and get them to mem- memorizing the word, rewarding them as they, you know, as they grow and, and increase their ability and the knowledge of God. Man, that is going to have a very powerful effect on a culture. Believe me. Satan is always attacking the word of God. Just look around. But we're going to fill the hearts of our children with truth. And this is going to give them a great, you know, they talk about a head start. Oh, man, let's see what the word of God can do. We're going to have a train depot out there. We're going to have the little train that runs because, you know what, we know children want to see that that church is fun as well. That's a felt need, and it's an important thing. You know, we want children to understand that Jesus he said, you know, don't push the children away from me. Bring them to me. I was telling the children here just this morning while they were eating their toast, I said, you know what? I said, Jesus loves children. And they looked at me and I said, yeah. He, when they were all gathered on, there some children on the outside. He said, bring the children to me. Put them up on his lap and, lap, and he loved on them and whispered in there, brushed their hair, and he said, look, unless you act like one of these, you cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. And I, so I looked at him, my kids, and I said, look, All you have to do is love Jesus just the way you are right now for the rest of your life. Don't complicate it. Just love him. Just learn his truth. Apply it to your life. So we're going to have that train dude. We're going to have kids running around out in those woods on a little train thing. Some of you are going to be wearing the conductor's hat. And it'll be fun. Other practical, I said, you know, I talked about the carpeting. We're going to carpet many. We need to re-carpet a lot of these areas because we've worn them out really well. We've used them for God's glory. We want to recarpet the powerhouse and the cafe and those children, the new children's classrooms in the back, all helping, aiding to make this a comfortable place where we want people to come and feel like, you know, one of the th- feel invited and warm and welcome. Um, so what we want to do is we want people to come in and feel, you know, a lot of times Christians, you know what we think is that we need to suffer or have the worst of everything. And that's not true. I believe that God wants us to live in excellence. And so that when people walk in there, they're like, wow, man. And we do. We, we get people often come in and say, man, I, wow, this place is it's pretty tight. Well, we, it should be. We're God's people. We shouldn't be suffering along. And, you know, when I first got here, Tom, this is no reflection on what you did, but when I got here, there was a bucket sitting right there catching dripping water from the roof. You remember that? And it, it was holy water. <laughs> It was holy water. People would run through it, run around the building. That's creative, bro. That's good, man. You got to do what you got to do. That's right. And people would worship in fear. Isn't that right, Lee? And not knowing when a chunk of that, that insulation come down and hit you right on the head. But that would preach too, wouldn't it? Say, brother, you living in sin? Man, I tell you what, none of us knows when that chunk of heaven's going to come and get you. Uh, no, I'd rather let just the Holy Spirit speak to you than stuff fall on you, okay? So anyway, we want to do some awnings up in front, 
basically to help, you know, uh, you know, make our outside presentation as inviting as our in, inside presentation, plus having those awnings so that people can drive up and get out of the rain and the inclement weather and be able to get into the service. And very simple things, things that are not uh, ornate, but very simple, very practical. A new signage, we got that big behemoth sign out there, and I'll tell you on the sheet I mentioned there that the sign that used to be there was about three times bigger than it is now. I mean, I walk up and it was like, sign, building sign. It was huge. And so, uh, anyway, you can read on the sheet what we did, but we want to make something, want to bring something a little further down to eye level, a little more, uh, so that people can see it as they're driving by. And so we got some ideas that way, and a big storage building we need to... Uh, you know, we, we love doing big things around here. Some of the, the presentations, the Narnias, the video things, and we feel like that's a part of our call. And we're well known in this region for the excellence. You know, when people come in, and they've been a part of different programs here in town... I mean, I've seen people that are in charge of that walk right up to us with eyes just as big as saucers, saying, this is amazing what you do here. And not in any pride. I just love, I mean, I, I just want to say, you know what? That's what the church should be doing. You know, thinking of excellence, doing things, using our gifts for God's glory, whether it be musical or dramatic or athletic or whatever God finds our hands to do. So a lot of times, you know, what we do is we pour out and give the world the best. And we give God what's left over. That's not Bible, by the way. God says, give me your best and give the world what's left over. And sometimes we need to shift that around to just be thinking right. Now, I want to end with this as far as the message, and I'm going to give us some instruction. We got a prophetic word recently. And man, listen to this word. So good. I've written it down on the sheet. You, you can read along. But listen to this word. It says, you're coming into a season of asking, says God. My word says, ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance. Ask of me what is on your heart, and I will bring you the harvest. As you enlarge the tent, and as you expand my church, says God, so will I bring you the harvest in the form of people, marriages, families, Gang members, we've actually seen that begin to happen. And those who need to be rescued, ask of me for your dreams, for your needs, for your provision, and I will provide it, says God. Do not hold back from asking and asking big. Man, I like that one, don't you? You know, as I looked over our sheet, I just said, Lord, that's too much. It's, it's more than I think we can. I mean, it's twice what we've really asked for in these kind of things. And God said, ask big. If it doesn't make us feel uncomfortable, then we're really not asking enough. If it's not pushing us out of our comfort zone, then we're not really living in this, the faith zone. Asking big. Because your heart is for my kingdom and my glory, so will I give you your heart's desire. Man. So ask, ask of me. Many times you forget to simply ask. Is that not true? To simply ask. And you forget to believe in faith that my promise is built in. My promise is that I will answer. Ask of, e, ask of me and prepare the nets for the catch. Ask of me for resources, for I own the cattle on a thousand hills. The harvest is coming. It's already there. Amen. Well, I want to say amen, and I've been praying over that and believing that for our church. And I've been, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm sorry I haven't shared with you this with you sooner, but man, I've already been, I've been, 
enjoying this for my own life personally. But now it's your prophecy. Now it's your promise. Go get it. Ask and ask big. But what I want to share with you is that it starts. What we find out is God says, look, on that first day of the week, bring your tithe in. Okay? And we do that. This faith commitment offering is, is above and beyond that. And it, it's definitely advanced kingdom. There is no doubt. When you participate in this, now some of you may not tithe, and I encourage you to do that. I mean, man, that's just like baby walking. But to believe and to go here, we're stepping up. And I'm telling you, watch God pour out his favor on you. Lending to the Lord. You know, can I say this one last thing? You know, a lot of us, we buy things, we invest in things, we put some money aside for things, only to watch those things age and wear out and require a lot of effort, put a lot of our energy and our time into those things. But you need to ask yourself a question. Are they eternal? The things that we do, every dime we put into making this a center for the kingdom of God the fruit that you were a part of lasts forever. Forever. An investment that changes hearts, even if only one child comes through there and raises her hand up and says, I want to ask Jesus to be my Savior. That's enough right there. But it's going to be a whole lot more than that. So, it's come to that. It's come to this. We're going to expand.